How's it going? Welcome to Wander on the Way, a show that is an ode to hours spent in coffee shops, late night get-togethers with friends, walks outside, and long car rides. Basically, all the times and places we get a moment to slow down to be present with ourselves and those around us. My name is Josh Perry, and I'll be your companion today for a little while. Join me and my occasional guests as we take a look at all the messy little details of being human. And remember, you're not lost as long as you say you're wandering. Welcome, everyone, to Wander on the Way. This is the first episode, and I'm hoping to spend a bit of time with you today just introducing what this is all about. Now, uh, I've already gone and recorded the first handful of episodes other than this one, so this is actually a pretty good opportunity to come back uh, now that I've gotten a bit more of a handle on what it is I'm doing uh, in the first place. And I'm hoping to do this introduction by addressing probably three main questions that you're probably asking, which is, who am I? What am I doing? And why a podcast? So, first off, I love this question of who am I, uh, and it's one that I use in my role as an educator all the time to help kind of get to know new students, to, to bridge some of the connections, to develop a relationship. But more specifically, I feel like when you start asking some specific questions that uh, have some assumptions built into them, or, I mean... Generally speaking, a lot of that kind of small talk stuff uh, is geared at trying to discover commonalities, I think, uh, so that you might have a chance to talk about something that you know a little bit about. This question of who am I, though, is much more focused on the person you're asking the question to. Uh, well, I guess, who are you in that case? And I start off with this question the first time that I meet any of my new students. Part of the reason for it is many of them have never really had the opportunity to be asked that in that way before. Oftentimes it's more about what do you plan to study, um, what do you want to do for a career, or what do you hope to be when you grow up, uh, things along those lines. So usually their response when they hear this question is just to kind of stare back at me uh, because it's a little too vague, right? They've never confronted it in that way. So after a little bit of time when people have sat with that for a little while, uh, then you know we, we kind of pull it apart sometimes, right? Sometimes we talk about like, okay, why did I ask that? Um, but then they start to respond with other pieces about them. So things like characteristics of their identity, right? So maybe their cultural background, maybe where they grew up, maybe where their family comes from. Um, Oftentimes, they'll still give me a lot of that same kind of like, oh, well, I'm a this year and I want to study this and things like that. Um, or let's get away from students for a second and, and think about other you know, professionals. And usually we're used to hearing that question of, well, what do you do? Right? Because so much of our lives are, is taken up by our careers. Um, and it's something that we're probably pretty familiar with. So it might be easy to talk about. Um, but I think deep connection rarely spawns from a question of, that's kind of about your 
your role or your occupation. So at any rate, who am I? Now I could do the same thing, right? I could jump in with uh, some of my say qualifications or my job, my occupation. So I've already said I'm I'm in education. Uh, I work in in higher education. Uh, I'm masters educated to fit in there. Um, and one of the, my my personal favorites recently is that I'm an ordained Dudist priest. It's the the Church of the Latter Day Dude, and you should check it out. It, um, so yes, I am technically ordained, and I have conducted weddings. Just in case you were wondering. But none of that is really who I am. It's a, a part of what I do, maybe, um, but not really who I'm who I am. So. A lot of times my fallback from that point is to think about maybe a list of traits or values or things like that. And so I could tell you that I'm curious, that I'm inquisitive, that I am kind of childlike and playful in a lot of ways. Uh, I could tell you that I'm a pretty laid back and pretty calm and relaxed person most of the time. Uh, I could tell you that I'm a, actually a pretty major skeptic when I'm hearing about a lot of new stuff. Um, but most of these things lose a bit of their credibility if I tell you them, as opposed to if you were to observe it for yourself. Um, so I'm not going to use those to define myself. They might be my own images of me, but I'll let you kind of make up your own decisions. The last kind of way that I might approach this, though, is thinking about what do I do, what do I value, and how do I interact with the world? And so let me start off briefly by um, using an analogy, and, and we'll kind of try to wrap our heads around it. So I've recently sort of thought about and fallen in love with this analogy of the fingerprint. So obviously, we all know that fingerprints are unique, right? Somebody could identify me based on my fingerprints uh, if I had left them somewhere. Um, and yet they are not so unique as to not be useful in some way. Um, and kind of what I mean by that is we can tell fingerprints apart from other things pretty easily, right? Like my, my fingerprint is not a, a computer monitor. It's not an apple. It's not, I don't know what else you might, might discover in the world, but we can clearly separate these two ideas. Similarly, we can categorize fingerprints into a relatively small, finite number of possible types of fingerprints. So I think I had read recently that the the FBI has like eight categories of fingerprints. And so all of the fingerprints of everybody who has ever had fingerprints can be categorized into one of eight types. And in general, what I like about this analogy is that it allows simultaneously for the uniqueness of an individual as well as the commonality across individuals. So I like to use that as an example of, of who I am because I want to say I'm you, right? I'm, I'm a lot like you. Uh, I have a lot of the same types of things in mind. Uh, I have a lot of the same types of experiences. Uh, but mine are unique to me, and they have made me and shaped me into who I am. So I have that uniqueness, but we share some, some commonality, some similarity. With that in mind, the other major way that I feel that I move through the world and that I interact with the world and, and have kind of developed maybe a skill set is I often will call myself a story collector. 
Uh, I love to interact with people. I love learning about their paths to wherever they are now, um, especially to their understanding of things, because we all have a different way of, of kind of looking at the, the truth of, of the situation. And I don't want to give you the impression that I'm like this remarkably outgoing social kind of person, right? I'm, I'm not. I'm actually kind of a homebody myself. Um, but that doesn't mean that I'm not social and that I don't like to interact with people because I absolutely do. So this is something that has really fascinated me. I've loved talking with people through a lot of my life and getting to understand how they think, how they tick. Um, I like oftentimes kind of wrestling with problems with them, especially if they're going through something and kind of providing some extra experiences that might give them a different perspective. Um, and a lot of that comes from collecting these stories. You know, the more people that I interact with, the more stories I have and the more perspectives I can pass on. So it's perhaps somewhat natural that one of the big uh, ways that I can define myself is that I am an educator. I work in higher ed, helping students to be successful in college, to get to the finish line, to graduate. Um, I'm primarily working with students that come from low-income backgrounds or who are the first generation in their family to get go to college. And for many of these people, there is um, a lack of resources, a lack of exposure. And that, that's true of pretty much anybody who has ever gone to college. You know, so many of the students come in uh, expecting to do one of the narrow list of things that they have been exposed to. Um, and so again, this this skill of being a story collector, of going out and interacting with people, um, has served me well in that capacity. So that's a little bit about who I am. Um, obviously, we can go far deeper. I can talk way more about myself, but that's not really why you're here today. I think what you're here is to figure out why you should listen to this podcast. What am I doing by hosting this podcast? Now, I'll talk about the, the why a podcast in a moment, but hopefully to give you a good idea of what I'm doing, let me try to approach this by way of a story. As I said a moment ago, I work in higher education, and I'm helping students to try to be more successful at doing the work that they have to do, about getting to graduation. And oftentimes, in this world, a lot of the approach that we take as professionals is to arm students with the tools that they need in order to be successful. It's a pretty common approach, and we often do this kind of in the form of workshops, right? So I might be a topical expert, and I will go and learn uh, some concepts about um, good study skills and study habits, and I might learn a particular technique that I think is uh, particularly effective and I will try to pass that on to my students, and they'll sit there in the class and listen to me diligently. They'll take lots of notes, and then they'll go outside and forget everything about what we just talked about. And it's kind of a perpetual problem that I think a lot of professionals in my field face. So, at some point, I hit upon this idea that most of those students already have many of the techniques that they need in order to be successful, but they struggle with prioritizing, with finding the time 
to do the things that they know that they have to do because there are so many other distractions that uh, surround them. And it occurred to me, why am I up here telling them what to do when they know what to do? If there is a student who really is struggling and really doesn't have any idea about some of these techniques and I might be able to see that or they might be able to come forward with it themselves, then I can help them specifically with looking up and trying new things. But a bigger issue was that the students don't have the time. They don't have the space to put these things into practice, to actually do the work. So I hit on this idea of just hold space for people. And I started to do an event where students would come in and all that I was doing was managing a timer that told them when they should be working and when they should take a break. And that was probably the best, most well-attended, and most well-received kind of academic event that I have hosted. And I've hosted it over and over and over to much the same crowds every time and much the same reception. So what am I doing? I'm creating spaces for people to practice working on the things that they already know uh, and to practice developing and working their attention. Ultimately, what I, I think that I'm doing is helping people. And I'm helping people in a way that uh, has me stepping aside, right? I am going and interacting with people and trying to pull out from them the things that they already have. And I think that this is really important. So I've talked a little bit maybe philosophically uh, in a kind of a, a little bit deeper way about what it is that I'm doing here. But to talk a little bit more concretely, obviously I'm making this podcast. That, that's a big thing, a big part of what I'm doing. But this is uh, kind of a, the tip of the spear, as it were, because what I'm really hoping to do is to create these spaces, not only for the guests that I'm interviewing and speaking with, or for you, the listeners who are listening into those conversations or to some of the other thoughts that I'm uh, sharing with you, but I'm also running events. I'm, I'm actually trying to build a business here based on this concept of providing space for people to be reflective, as well as to do the things that they know that they have to do. That story I gave a second ago is a prime example. This is something that I am taking out of my occupation, but I'm still doing. So that's one of the, the other reasons why I like to lean into this idea that we are not our occupation. We are not the answers to some of these questions that I talked about earlier. I view myself often as an educator and as a helper, as someone who is going out and assisting you in guiding and mentoring and things like that. And so I'm taking a lot of those skills that I have developed over the last decade and applying them in a new direction, uh, kind of taking a different path, as it were. By creating some of these environments for conversation, for reflection, for getting work done, I hope to make a difference in people's lives. And ultimately, that's what it's really about is... Um, is that that why of what it is that I'm doing. And it's to see people be more successful, to make another step on their path. 
to find some gratitude and happiness and appreciation for where they are in the journey that they're on. So I hope you can understand a little better now what it is that I'm up to and even maybe a little bit about why I'm doing it. But still, why a podcast? And well, honestly, people told me to. Uh, I've had a bunch of friends and family, some colleagues and uh, mentors, things like that, that have told me that I have a kind of a particular style, this, this relaxed presence about me that helps people to feel comfortable and to open up, and that they thought that this would lend itself well to setting up a podcast. Uh, so that's really, honestly, a big part of why I'm here doing this. Uh, but beyond that, like I, I have other reasons too. And in my sort of self-motivation side of it is that uh, it's a little bit about putting philosophy into action. Uh, this is something I'm, I'm really fascinated by. And one of the things that I hope to explore a lot with the guests in the show is how do we actually live out the things that make up our philosophy or the things that we believe and say. And so one of the things that I believe is we should kind of take action, right? We should do things and, and maybe spend a little less time kind of worrying and being anxious about it or or seeking and trying to find things. And uh, a little while back, uh, I was reading a book by Krista Tippett called Becoming Wise. And in that book, she, she talks a little bit about this idea of uh, that we, we ought to have the conversations that we want to see happen in the world. And it really struck a chord with me in that moment. And this is something that has been true periodically throughout my life. Like I, I enjoy creativity and doing creative things. But once in a while, I get some external inspiration that kind of reminds me of the fact that like, just, just do the thing, right? Don't, don't be self-conscious about it. Get, get out there and do it. And so this is one of those moments where those words kind of spoke to me right then when I needed them. And for my sake, like I'm, I'm thinking about this idea that I am looking for rich, deep, meaningful conversations. And I'm pretty sure if you're listening to this, that you are too. So I want to see those happen. Uh, I want them to be in the world. And rather than going looking for them, and oftentimes maybe coming up short or finding difficulty in having those conversations, why not do it myself, right? So one way you can think about this is, by analogy is, like, imagine you have a space in your room and you want a particular piece of furniture that fits that thing and you've got this really clear image of what it is that you want there. And you go to store after store after store looking for that bit of furniture and nothing really quite lives up to the expectations or doesn't quite fit the image in your head. There's all kinds of different ways that you might approach this where you could maybe get one of the things that is available and appreciate it for what it is or, you know, who knows? You've got all, all sorts of different approaches. But in my opinion, why not make it, right? If, if the image is in your head and you have the skills to do so, make the thing that you want to see be there. Now, in practice, uh, not all of us are carpenters, and we might not have the skills and things like that. So it's a little bit harder to do in practice. Uh, but the idea is there, right? If, if I'm looking for something and I have the ability to kind of dive in uh, and make it happen, why not be that? So I'm also hoping that this ends up being kind of a beacon for anybody else out there who might be looking for these kinds of conversations yourselves. 
And this podcast, and what I'm doing with this podcast is that I'm deliberately trying to have those meaningful conversations where we get to explore a little bit about what it means to be human and to make some connection with other people. Um, it's about creating that space and crafting our own attention. Now, I probably don't need to go through the hassle and everything of trying to make a podcast uh, in order to do that, right? I could probably just go out and have those conversations with people. So there is an additional benefit or a couple of benefits that uh, the podcast serves in, in this particular moment. The big one for me is structure. Because of the podcast, I now have an outlet that allows me to go out and very quickly identify people that might want to have this conversation that can come in and get right into the conversation, whether I know them already deeply or not. And that allows us, in a way, to kind of skip some of that small talk and skip some of the figuring out whether we have something in common and just get into these, these rich, kind of messy concepts that are fun to talk about. We get to the good stuff, right? And on top of that structure, there's also accountability. If I have an audience and I have guests and people who are invested and involved, then it's far more likely that we will be able to create exactly this kind of community together because there's other people involved, other people invested. And so that's a big part of this as well, is getting you involved, getting the people that I'm speaking to involved. But the part that I enjoy the most is really that I hope that this lets us, me, my guests, you, uh, to form that community, uh, the kind of place where these types of conversations are common, uh, that we are having them, right? You know that you're going to be having these kind of conversations with other people if you're a part of it, that they're desired, that you yourselves are looking for it, that you're finding other people who are looking for it, which means you don't have to go looking far and to some extent that this is expected. You know that when you show up, these are the level and type of conversations that you're going to have. And you can buy into that whenever you feel like it. And some of the reason why I'm doing this is that there are a lot of people out there craving it. And chances are, if you're listening to today, you're one of them, right? You are looking for some of those kinds of conversations yourself. There are... in my experience relatively few places where we can get that and i've i've been having conversations with people where they say that they don't get much opportunity to discuss these topics you'll probably hear that sentiment echoed by some of those speakers in the next few episodes so if you want to think about this a little bit more broadly the podcast as i said is the tip of the spear the rest of it is this community people like you listening people like my guests and myself we're trying to make a community here um, that is, if you want to think about it this way, like the podcast, you're, you're on the shore of a lake that you could jump into and swim in. So if you wanted to come along and have some of these conversations, then stay tuned to the end of the episode and the end of all of my episodes. There'll be an opportunity for you to, to get involved as well. And who knows, I might be looking for you to be a, a guest on the show one day as well. I intend with the guests that come on the show to highlight the stories of everyday people, people like you and I and the ones that I'm, I'm talking with. I want to welcome as guests the type of people who would be listening to this show in the first place. And I also want to demonstrate the relative ordinariness of our experiences and the 
ordinariness of the desire for these types of conversations. Now, I, I think society and a lot of external pressures kind of demand us uh, or push us into the be special mentality. But there's something really comforting about being similar and the fact that you can identify with some of the experiences that other people are having is really comforting. So I go back to that fingerprint analogy from earlier in the show. We each have our uniqueness, but our experiences may be shared by somebody in some way, at least some of the time. Essentially what we're doing here is normalizing attention and depth. And these are things that people tell me that they are lacking in their lives pretty regularly. So hopefully you've got a pretty good picture of what's in store with this podcast now uh, and why we're here doing it. But just to reiterate this kind of final point, this is more than a podcast. We're starting a community that was focusing on attention and space and depth and all of these nice rich ideas that we can find somewhat challenging to find in other places in the world. And I have one final word to say about the production of this podcast, Uh, and that's that I am putting this out both in audio only on my website and through podcasting services, as well as with video on YouTube. And hopefully, if you're just listening to the podcast, you didn't really notice too much of the edits and the cuts that were made. But for those of you watching on YouTube, you definitely noticed the edits and the cuts that were made, uh, because I'm not able to shoot this all in one take. This is not a scripted show, uh, but I am trying to take a number of takes and kind of fit the best narrative together. Uh, Earlier in the show, I spoke a little bit about the idea that we could go out and make the thing that we want to see in the world. And if we were all skilled carpenters, that would be a little bit easier. However, I am not yet a skilled podcaster. So we're trying this out, and I'm excited to be learning right alongside you. Uh, And I hope that that's going to be a fun part of the process for you to watch unfold uh, as I go through it. And thank you for listening to the podcast and carrying the conversation out into the world. Music for this podcast is generously provided by Alexander Nakarada at www.serpentsoundstudios.com and is licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 4.0 License. Details in the description. If you'd like to come join the community, be a guest on the show someday yourself, you wish to support the podcast or just get in touch, find me online at wonderontheway.org. And until next time, go have a good conversation.